Dave from New Jersey, it's the SNL Nerds, the show where two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I'm your co-host, John Trumbull. And I'm your co-host, Darren Tatterson. How you doing, How you doing Darren? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, it's getting nice out. It's getting all hot and warm and stuff. That is, that is true. Yeah, yeah, I had my second uh, vaccine shot, so I was able to enjoy the lovely, warm weather. And, uh, yeah, it, it feels nice, uh, you know, on my... Uh, Ebony skin. I don't know why. Wow, what I say that? That's not a I sound like I'm writing erotica on this podcast. Do you talk about your ebony skin a great deal? Sometimes. Okay. I sometimes do. Hey, that that is interesting phrasing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I I do. I try to stay out of the sun because I am, you know, like pale. And I, uh, I never actually tan. I just go straight to burning. So, oh, so it's either you're like a piece of paper, or like a like a burnt piece of toast. Like yeah, straight up like, like Cajun style. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no in between. That's a that's a bummer. Mm. I'm, I'm, so like, I mean, but you could just go out and like slather on some uh, you know, some uh, suntan lotion. Wear like one of those big uh, hats, like those gardening bonnets, while you go out. Yeah, okay, that, that first of all, that sounds very Marlon Brando in Island of Dr. Moreau. Yeah, exactly. You get um, it. <laughs> but you know, and the, secondly, like that that requires like going outside and interacting with people. And you, mm. you know I try to avoid that wherever possible. That is true. Uh, people on the whole generally kind of... Garbage! Hot yeah. garbage! Just straight up doo-doo. Yeah. So, so maybe you are better off just staying in. Don't indoors. like them. Yeah, just don't you know. like them. I mean, they're they are a nice idea, but uh, no. Yeah, you know what? I'm with you. Why'd I go outside? Why? Is <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, be a hermit like me. Yeah, stay indoors. Draw the curtains. Uh, pee in jars. Don't talk to anybody. It's that's the way to live. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> that's it's the only way to be. This is what I'm saying. But um, you know, our, our our little respite from the whole peeing in jars watching ice station zebra thing is uh we we do this podcast about saturday night live and we just just finished up another season we sure did yeah and uh folks we're going to talk about the season finale season 46 of snl Mm -hmm. with uh anya taylor joy and lil nas x yes this was uh episode 20 of season 46 uh from may 22nd 2021 the season finale season finally Yes. Finally, the finale. Finally, it's happened to me right in front of my face. And I just can't describe it. So, shall we just uh, dive in? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, just, just starting off, I mean, I know a lot of people were expecting a lot from this episode. Uh, you know, there was you know rumblings of, oh, is this going to be such and such and so-and-so's last episode? Uh, actually, did you, maybe you should bring this up too at the top. Did you see the whole... Thing that happened with Melissa Villasenor, the little uh, I, I caught the aftermath of that. That she, I, I saw like her, her Instagram story post, kind of responding to that. And I don't know if she deleted the original post or if I just missed it. But uh, yeah, if you want to get into that, yeah, let's let's get into that. Uh, yeah, well, just just real quickly. So I think this happened like Thursday night, or I mean, I saw it on Friday morning. Mm-hmm. But uh, Melissa Villasenor basically put on her Instagram story saying, like a drawing of herself covering herself in with like uh, those little stickers, those, those star stickers you get, like, you know, students get. Mm-hmm. get. And uh, above it, 
she wrote, I'm not coming back to SNL next year because I deserve better. Wow. Yeah. And uh, that was uh, immediately deleted. But, of course, not before somebody, you know, screen grabbed it and started sharing it on the interwebs. And, right. of course, people are, are saying, like, what What does that mean? What happened? Is she leaving? Is, is she not, you know, mm-hmm. enjoying her time at SNL? Um, yeah. So she took it down. I don't know if it's because she took it down because she thought better of it or maybe one of her people told her to take it down. Like, hey, that's that's, that's a Brooks Wheeling look right there. You need to get you need to, you need to get rid of that ASAP. Uh, I, I feel like she probably did it herself, you know? Right. And so then after that, she put up a video on her Instagram stories, which it's not there anymore either, but it's basically kind of her walking it back, what she wrote. She's like, yeah, I, I wrote, you know, she, she basically treated like a, like a drunk text. She was like, yeah, I had one drink. And I was just, you know, feeling yeah. frustrated. It was in my emotions. So I put that up. But she said, you know, I took it down because, like, that's not really how I feel. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if I'm going to leave or not. Like, right. you know, I, I have. And she was like, I'm very lucky to be on the show. And right, right. And she's been so much great stuff on it. And yeah. yeah. So, so I, it was weird for me because I saw the, like, her walking it back. But I didn't see the original thing that she was commenting on. I couldn't find that because I guess it had been deleted by that point. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. True. So she is basically like her saying, yeah, like, you know, we had a pandemic. So like, uh, you know, I was just in my emotions and I was feeling a lot of things that I know it is tough to get uh, a sketch online or a sketch like on the show. So that's kind of why I wrote that. But you know, I didn't, I don't really mean that. Like I I really do enjoy it. I'm very lucky to be on the show. So she, she pretty much walked it back. Um, now, now, Darren, can you back up a little bit? You you said we had a pandemic. Uh, yeah. Did you not hear about this? No. Yeah, you've you've been indoors way too long, my friend. Huh? Yeah. Okay. There's there's like a whole thing. Uh, Is there something about it on Google? You could probably uh, you could probably find it something like that on Google. Okay. But it's kind of a big deal. A lot of people died. Uh, All right. You know, oh well, that's that's no good. Yeah, no, that's we we genuinely try to avoid that. Uh-huh. Uh, it's it's uh yeah, it's it's kind of a bit of a it's, it's a thing. It's definitely okay. a thing. All right, uh, let's see. Note to self: Google pandemic. <laughs> Got it. Okay, that's right. What you All right, fi- well, that's what... that's on my to do list after yeah. we finish recording. What you might find might surprise you. Oh, okay. Well, I uh, look forward to learning about it. Yeah, so, I mean, just starting this episode, people kind of were thinking, is she leaving? Who's leaving? A lot of people were, you know, speculating who's going to go. And yeah, uh, I mean, because uh, when the cast members, they sign on to the show, they sign these seven-year contracts. I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean they're automatically staying for seven years. But if if they work out on the show, they are most likely going to stay at least seven years. And we have a lot of people who are at that or past that at this point. Right. And, uh, I mean, that was definitely made apparent in the cold open, uh, which uh, starts off with a title card saying, what I remember about this year. Mm-hmm. And then we open on uh, AD, Kate, Cecily, and Keenan on stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, we open to thunderous applause. Because- Massive applause, because this was their first show with a full audience this season. Like, it's been limited capacity audiences. Uh, they they announced before the show this week that uh, they were, 
like the standby line came back and they were doing a lottery for for tickets. Yeah, I mean, I think we we talked about going, but like I just got my second vac like a couple weeks ago, so I don't. I guess right, I and I haven't gotten my second shot yet, and they, you had to have gotten your second shot by the ninth at the very latest. So we unfortunately would not have been eligible. Right, um, but you know, eh, maybe next season we'll see. Yeah, we're definitely gonna. We're both. I mean, we we both live too close to Manhattan to not see SNL live, so we're we're, we're teasing this right now. We're gonna make an effort next season to go see the show in person so just yeah stay tuned for that yeah uh but yeah so basically we open on stage with uh kate 80 cecily and keenan and uh the i mean the for, for the most part these are the people that a lot of people thought were are gonna leave the show maybe maybe yeah. not keenan because it seems like keenan's just gonna stay there till the whole thing you know blows up or something uh, he's like, he's, the death of the universe yes yes <laughs> it, it'll just all that will be left is cockroaches and keenan but like <laughs> definitely but definitely, please understand we're not comparing Keenan no. to cock, a cockroach. No, not at all. Not at all. I'm just saying he's, he'll outlive us all. That's all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, we're just talking about in terms of longevity. Yes, and, and we feel like Keenan is immune to nuclear blasts. Right, he is the Highlander. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, but I mean, people have speculated Cecily is going to leave Kate and eighty. So to see them all on stage, people are like, mad. "Oh, what what's going on here?" Yeah, people automatically are thinking, oh, this is this it? And we also see, like, Kate is, like, kind of tearing up a Kate lot. Kate and Cecily both seem like they're tearing up. They're, they're like, just barely holding it together. Right, and I, I don't know if that's because this is the first time they're in uh, in front of a live, full-capacity audience, or if something's going to happen that they know about, like, like this is their last show. But either I'm way... I'm sure there's a lot of things in the mix. I mean, it's just, at the end of the season, it's an emotional time... To begin with, and it's the end of the season at the end of a pandemic year. And that, that's kind of what they were talking about. <laughs> I mean, about what a weird year it was at the show and just in the world in general. Right. Yeah. This is a very emotional uh, cold open because it's, it's like you said, it's like basically them talking about how insane this year was, how yeah. crazy it was. And it cuts to um, Bowen, Ego and Heidi talking about how, you know, the, the, everybody was indoors and locked up and no one knew. Yeah. And people were fleeing New York City in, in droves. They, they showed a shot of of them in rehearsal, and we're, we're seeing like people are double masked. Uh, Kate says like she was like we we had such stringent safety precautions that if I wanted to hug somebody, I had to drag them into a closet to hug them. <laughs> right, and then Ego said, you know, while everything was going down and they were doing the SNL at home. You know, they were thinking about coming back to the show. And, of course, Ego mentions, like, you know, Lauren said, hey, we should come back and do the show for comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, then, of course, they talked about how they did the show in front of uh, first responders at first, which maybe wasn't the best thing because, you know, you see all with all these uh, doctors and whatnot, they're maybe not in the mood for comedy. Then, of course, one thing that they showed that really got a kick out of me, yeah. like, they showed how during the show, one of the first responders brought a medical textbook and was reading it during the show. <laughs> yeah. They were like, this is real. And then they showed a shot of him, I guess from like a security camera or something. But, but he's legit just watching or, or reading a medical textbook during the show. I would love to know which episode that was. Yeah. I, I mean, if it was, you know, maybe the Morgan Wallen episode, I was like, I yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> uh, of course, they did mention Morgan Wallen. They mentioned um, the Mike Pence fly on the head sketch, which was very uh, that bizarre. That was bizarre, yeah. Um, yeah. 
they mentioned about how, you know, when this all started, people were banging pots and pans at 7 a.m. and how people slowly stopped doing that mm-hmm. <laughs> to the point now we don't even do it anymore. Yeah. Um, one thing that really put a smile on my face is they had all the newcomers out, uh, Punky, Lauren, and um, and Dismukes, and they're talking about how, you know, how tough it is. How They talk about how the cast is already so big and how difficult it was for people to, you know, get screen time. Mm-hmm. And one person next to Lauren says, yeah, this is my first line of the season. And people, yeah. that person, Akira Yoshimura. Yeah! <laughs> the great, the great Akira Yoshimura. You probably know him from playing Mr. Sulu in every single Star Trek sketch that SNL has ever done. I know. Like, that really shocked me. I was like, whoa! Oh! Like, I, It's always just such a kick to see him. Because like, he's been with the show since the beginning, I believe. I know. I mean, the, like the first time, as soon as I saw him, I was like, "All right, this is already this is immediately my favorite cold open of the season." Yeah, yeah. Like straight to the straight to the straight to the front of the line. This, this I mean goes. that that was that was amazing. Um, <laughs> they cut back to Sicily. Cecily's like, "Oh, here are some highlights from the season," and then they just have a shot of Elon Musk as Wario dancing, and then it comes back to Cecily, and she's like, "Oh, that's it, really? Okay, <laughs> right." And uh, and then we get another cameo from uh, Chris Rock. Yeah, he, he pops up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the audience, the audience is just so excited to be there. They were clapping so much. I was honestly thinking they are going to fuck up the timing of the show. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, I can see that. The, the audience is hot, not you know, uh, reggae Jean Paul hot, not that level of hot, but they were definitely. Well, well, they could have been. We don't know. There weren't they, many shots of the audience. That's true. They came close, but like this audience was, there was a real electricity and energy throughout this whole show, which I really appreciated. They were enthusiastic to the point of being obnoxious about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would prefer a slightly colder audience, quite frankly. Okay, uh, I but... was like, okay, I get the point. Yeah. Right, and uh, Chris Rock is on. He talks about how insane this year was. He talks about how he hosted the first episode mm-hmm. of uh, the season, and he talked about how crazy it was. Is like he wanted Kanye West to come on the show, but he couldn't do it because he was running for president. Remember yeah. that? That was the yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Pete Davidson. He mentions like I'm. I'm just really excited that I made it an entire season without testing positive for COVID. And then it's gradually revealed that Pete's actually in front of a green screen and he's still uh, with his mom, who's right. just made him some hot pockets. Exactly. And uh, they also got very heartfelt, too, when they're talking about all the people that they lost to, uh, you know, this horrible disease during this time. They meant they gave a shout out to the great Hal Wilner. Yeah. And, yeah. The uh, SNL's uh, uh, musical uh, director who just uh, unfortunately passed away, I, I think from was it from COVID or complications from COVID? Uh I believe I'll, I'll double check. I believe. Yeah, I'm so. not. I'm not sure offhand, but yeah, he was obviously like really loved, and he's thoroughly missed. Um, there, there was a moment where <laughs> um, uh, Cecily and Kate talked about how you know it was nice to come into the studio and even see like the tops of friends' faces instead of being alone in their apartments with their adopted pet families, and then and they just sort of glanced at each other, and you know that Kate's thinking of her cats and. And Cecily's thinking of her dog Lucy, right? Yeah, I mean this. I don't, yeah, this. I mean, like this. Uh, this cold open. Oh, actually, uh, just a quick note. Yeah, Hal yeah. Wilner, he did pass away from from COVID nineteen or uh, okay. symptoms of it. Yeah, this. I mean, I know we've talked about cold opens 
on other show about like them being too long and how this dragged out. And th this cold open was about seven minutes long. Uh, mm -hmm. But this is one of the times where I think it's it's valid to have this long a cold open. Like I was well, fine with I mean, this yeah, I mean, it was good that they had like everybody in the cast in there except uh, uh, Justin Che, of course, who really only pop up on update these days. Uh, and and it's it's nice to have like sort of an emotional wrap up to the season. I don't I don't tend to like SNL too much when it gets sentimental, but I feel like they had a reason to get a little sentimental at the end of the season. Right, exactly. I mean, the fact that we went through this this insane time with this insane, you know, COVID-19, and the fact that also this might be a few cast members' final show. There's a lot... Emotions are running high yeah. throughout this whole thing. So, yeah. like, I, I I mean, so overall, I, I really dug this cold open. I, I, I liked I, it, too. I thought I thought it had some, some really good laughs, and I thought, you know, it had just the right amount of sentiment. Um, I, you know, I like this. I like that they acknowledge some of their flaws, like the Elon Musk thing and the the weird uh, fly on Pence's head sketch. Right. They. they uh, uh, I, I loved it when when Kyle Mooney was like, "Hey, was every sketch perfect? Yeah, we pretty much crushed it. <laughs> no notes. <laughs> that was great. That was yeah, that was really funny." And he delivered that beautifully. Um, yeah, they and, like, and they were like, you know, hey, we're we're a family, but like with your real life family. You have to take a break every once in a while. So yeah, again, another line kind of hinting that someone's gonna leave there. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's like you said. I, I liked how they sort of pointed out their flaws. They, the Morgan Wallen or Whalen stuff. Mm -hmm. Wallen, uh, Wallen, right? Um, when Chris Rock talked about how they came back after the election and still did more episodes. Yeah, like, that was insane. And Chris Rock said even Jim Carrey knew it was time to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like I, I enjoy, I enjoy when they're able to be uh, self-deprecating from time to time. Yeah, no, I, I like. Yeah, the show should have a sense of humor about itself, obviously. And uh, did you notice that Chris Red was wearing his "I was there too" SNL shirt? Yes, I did notice that. I, I really dug that. I, I hope he maybe sells that or somebody because I, I wouldn't mind having a. Uh, one of those t-shirts for my own uh, collection. That would be a cool one to own, but but it, I think it's kind of cool if like only Chris Red has that shirt, though. Yeah, because, like, he he had like you know he had some sketches, and like people would share that, and they would go viral online, and and they would be giving credit to like all the other people in the sketch except Chris Red. Oh uh, yeah, that was like a running thing for like to to the point where I thought they were just doing it on purpose. It felt <laughs> like they were trolling Chris Red. Yes. Yeah, like at some point, I was like, "Are they just? Is this? Are they just fucking with you now? At this point, <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, because I mean, he's been a reliable, uh, funny cast member, but I feel like he he doesn't he doesn't get the love he deserves. He doesn't have the the breakout, and he de maybe doesn't have the name recognition he deserves at this point. You know? Yeah, I mean that does happen. A lot of times, you'll see a cast member who they are a solid, you know, utility player. They're they all they're always there to. To add something to the sketch, but like for some reason they don't get the uh, the spotlight that some yeah. other cast members do. But they are solid and they're they're good in the clutch. But, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, he's he's one of those people that I just I I love seeing in a sketch, and I feel like he he pretty much always delivers. You know, I I can't think offhand of like oh you know he was lame in that sketch. Yeah, you know, no, he's, he's not somebody I go back and forth on. He's somebody I consistently like on the show. Yeah, no, he always comes through. He's a he's a good dude. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, cold open, thumbs up. I'm all, I'm already pumped about this episode. Thumbs up, very very strong cold open. Yeah, uh, good good last cold open for the season.
Absolutely. Uh, next, we had uh, Anya Taylor Joy's monologue. Um, comes out in the white dress with a little feathery thing on the shoulder. Um, she looks kind of like an anime character to me. I yeah, like she uh, actually. I looked more into her uh, her by her bio. So she was a model, and now she's into acting. And I thought you were going to say she was an anime character. <laughs> she got her start on Speed Racer back in the sixties. They were like, and, you have unnaturally large eyes. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sure she's heard that a hundred times. But yeah, like, uh, I mean, like when I found out that she was a model, I was like, yeah, that definitely interests. Because she definitely does, like, her, her face is, it's a very, uh, it's, it's, what do I want to yeah. say? And, and she's also very petite and, yeah, and she yes. carries herself, you know, like somebody walking a ro- runway, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. She has a very striking look. I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah, she does. She does. Uh, but yeah, I mean, no, it's, it was great. She sort of introduced herself, uh, you know, cause I, I think a lot of people aren't super familiar with her and she kind of break out, broke out with their show, uh, the Queen's Gambit. They came out on Netflix last year, mm-hmm. but, uh, before that she was in, uh, Peaky Blinders. She was in, um, two M. Night Shyamalan movies, uh, Split and Glass. Uh, she was in the movie, then, uh, new, the New Mutants as well, if anybody's seen that. So she's been around for a bit. No. <laughs> yeah. No, I I actually watched that movie finally uh, a couple weeks ago, and was it any good? Uh, yeah, uh, okay. It it was there. Yeah, I I watched the trailer, and that was pretty much my reaction. Yeah, no, your your reaction is correct. Yeah, I mean, I was only so so on the New Mutants to begin with, so I I wasn't like really clamoring for a New Mutants movie. Yeah, yeah it it basically it feels like a superhero movie that would have come out and done well in the mid nineties. That was how I felt about Venom. When I watched the trailer for Venom, <laughs> I was like, this looks like something they would have made in, and would have been perfectly acceptable in like 1995, but the world has just kind of moved on. Yeah, we have bigger and better superhero movies now, so we, we don't have to, you know, just settle for this. Exactly, exactly. That's exactly how I felt like when I watched The New, the new Mutants. Yeah, okay, uh, okay. Yeah. So... Uh, but yeah, we so we learned up a little bit more about her that she was. Yeah. Um, I automatically just assumed she was just straight up British, but mm-hmm. uh, it turns out no, she was born in Miami and she grew up in between uh, Argentina and London. And English is not her first language. Her first language yes. is, is yeah. Spanish. She says legally, my my ethnicity is Fashion Week. Yeah, which yes. I thought was a pretty good line. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So then we go into a little uh, segment where she kind of nods to uh, her role in the Queen's Gambit. About you know, if you don't know how to play chess, it's really easy. Just give the the looks uh, while you you know hold your hands underneath. Yeah, she like folds her hands under her chin and just stares straight ahead. That's that's always your first move, right? That that was the big image from that show. Did you watch the Queen's Gambit? I did not. Uh, I did, so I got it. Like there was, she does do that quite a bit (laughs) throughout the show, and then they also did like another segment where she kind of you know she mentioned how she was nervous. To do the show, she would just like take a bunch of pills and stare at the ceiling, which is something she did in the Queen's Gambit too, where because uh-huh. her character has like a pill addiction that she got at an early age, because uh, whenever she took pills and kind of stared at the steel- ceiling, she was able to see like a the, like a chess game or a chess board hovering right. above the ceiling, and she was able to sort of see in her mind all these chess moves she could make, and that she feels like that helped her become a better, you know, uh, unbeatable chess player. But like, yeah, that reference you probably wouldn't get unless you saw. The well, Queen's I mean, Gambit. I. I obviously recognize it as a Queen's Gambit reference. She like looks up at the ceiling and she she uh, imagines SNL cue cards as a chessboard 
hi Wally. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and she's and, and there's there's like a uh, a chess piece with Keenan's head on top of it, uh, right? Which was you know it's a bizarre touch, but you know they had to do some sort of Queen's Gambit uh, reference, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it, it, they had to do it, and uh, yeah, and then she ended her uh, her monologue by saying the end of it in in her native tongue of Spanish, which I thought was a nice little touch as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was kind of an eh monologue overall, though. I wasn't I wasn't too excited with the monologue. Yeah, it was okay. Oh, but yeah, overall it was it didn't like you know bowl me over. But I thought it was it was fine. I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So uh, so far so good. Okay, is, so yeah. next we have our first sketch, uh, Hollywood Squares. This was a Game Show Network showing an episode of Hollywood Squares from 1998. Yeah, with, uh, Beck, Beck as the host, uh, uh, Chris and 80 as the contestants. And, uh, you know, the joke here is that uh, most every uh, celebrity who's in the Hollywood Squares episode from 1998 has since done something heinous, or we've discovered that they've done something heinous. Right. Uh, so, yeah, so this sketch was uh, written by Gary Richardson and the Streeter Seidel. And, uh, yes, like you said, they go to uh, the um, the contestants go to one of the um, celebrities in the square. The first one is one goes to uh, Baby Spice, played mm-hmm. by Anya Taylor-Joy. And she says, you know, she says her joke answer as they do on Hollywood Squares. And, you know, she said, um, was it uh, Chris Red says agree or disagree? You know, he gets it right. X gets a square. Yeah, and then eighty goes and says, "Well, I'm gonna go with the man everybody loves and trusts, the center square, Mr. Bill Cosby." Right, and, and then uh, we we start with Keenan doing his Bill Cosby impression. He's doing the little head bob, and then then we cut to a black screen. Just says, uh, "Mr. Cosby segment is submitted from the broadcast in light of revelations about him," <laughs> and we now come back to the show already in progress. Right, exactly, and that's basically. The, the joke where yeah. they, they go to a person in a square and then they're omitted because they've done, you know, as yeah. we look as we look back, you know, now on uh, 1998, we see all these people done these all these heinous things. Yeah. Uh, one of the people in the square is uh, Jeff Dunham. Right. Of course, like he is Jeff Dunham with his racist puppets. I don't believe these were Jeff Dunham's real racist puppets. I believe they made up new racist puppets. I think no. Well, that the yeah. one with the uh, the Mexican, the jalapeno pepper. That's that is a Jeff Dunham puppet. I remember that's seeing real? that. Okay, I remember I'm, that he had a character called Ahmed the Dead Terrorist. Yeah, like a, a, a terrorist who had blown himself up, and yeah. he was like a, like a skull, like a flaming skull. Yeah, he was like a skeleton with like a turban on. It's it's wildly offensive, and he had he had a uh, like uh, some sort of hick. Uh, character too, uh, yeah, I, I believe so. But yeah, the the jalapeno with the with the you know the stereotypical sombrero and mustache, that's, right? And then they said that he had a puppet. I think it was named Deshaun, who was a piece of cornbread. And after they omitted Jeff Dunham's segment, they cut to Chris Red, and he's like, "I didn't like the voice that he used for Deshaun." And Jeff Dunham's like, "Oh no, say it was all him." And Chris Red's like, no, that was all you. <laughs> I also liked how um, after uh, they chose Cosby, but they cut out a segment, they cut to Baby Spy saying, hey, uh, you know what? Uh, you know, if, if we can be serious for a minute, I just want to say I really love Bill Cosby and everything he's done. Right. For and then they cut to, again, the card again saying at the behest of uh, Emma, Baby Spice Button, this part has been removed from the, sh- from the show. We now return to the show already in progress. Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, well, then we all... 
we yeah, also that, had uh, Heidi and Chloe playing the Olsen twins. Um, and they were saying like, hey, who's watched the, the new Olsen twins movie? And it turns out that the next guest has. And it's uh, former Subway spokesman Jared Fogel. Yeah. Who, uh, yeah, he did some stuff. He did some stuff. I'll we'll leave that to you to he find out. Your... The, the authorities took a look at his computer and they were like, uh, "Yeah, you can't do that." Who boy? Um, uh, I will admit, I did laugh at the part where uh, you know Jared Fogle, played by uh, Kyle Mooney, he held up his old pants, the big pants, like he used to do in the commercials. Yeah, he's like, "Yeah, I can't believe. Can you believe these are my old pants? You can fit both Olten twins in here." And yeah. Then, oh, like oh, and then of course they say, you know, this part, this segment has been removed due to Jared Fogle's. Uh, and right. now we return to it. And, and Baby Spice praises him for that incredible thing he did. And then we cut to a screen just saying, like, to clarify, she's praising him for the weight loss, not for all the other heinous stuff. Uh, right. Uh, I've I, I dug the concept of this sketch, like where all of it, all the uh, stuff that all the, the the stars get did, they just get, like, removed from the, from yeah. the rebroadcast. Um, yeah. And if you actually, if you look... Uh, there's one part where they kind of show the whole Hollywood Squares board, yeah. and uh, you see that there was also Roseanne there and Apu from The Simpsons. Oh, I missed that. I missed that. Yeah, um, like it, it was at the beginning of the sketch. So if you saw it, you can maybe sort of, you know, see where it was going. I, uh, I saw that they had uh, like okay, we we had Alex Moffat as Matt Lauer, who I think had like one line, maybe. Um, and and at the very end, we had, we had Andrew Dismukes as Kevin Spacey, and they were just and Game Show Network was just like, okay, we're just going to cut and show the winner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so and then then they cut to they showed like uh, eighty won the game, and then they cut to the Hollywood Squares again, and then they showed every all the squares blurred out ex- with the exception of Baby Spice. Right. Um, I think it's a great sketch. I really dug this one. I like the, I like it, the concept it was, it of was it. A, it was a good sketch, yeah. I was I was a little surprised it was like the first sketch, um, but I, I think it was pretty strong. Um, oh, by the way, I, I got curious and I checked. I was like, uh, I was wondering how old Baby Spice is now. She's 45 now. She's my age? Oh, whoa. Just, just so everyone listening to this podcast can feel old. Baby Spice is 45. The baby. The baby. <laughs> Oh wow! So I think that makes the other Spice Girls like uh, two hundred. I think. I think yeah, yeah. Numbers and figures crunch the numbers. That that add, that adds up. That works yeah. out. Uh, but yeah, so far again, this off off to a strong start with the show. I really like. There weren't too many like strong jokes in this sketch. I'll say, but the concept of it, I thought was strong yeah enough yeah. I, I mean, I like. think you know, right from the first cutaway from Cosby, you kind of know where they're going with it, and. It's kind of sad slash funny that there are enough celebrities that we know all these heinous things about now that you could do this. I mean, you could you could fill up that board two or three times, you know. Oh boy, can can you ever? Yeah. Uh, yeah so uh, next up, we get a pre-tape picture with Dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, yeah, Heidi this... and Andrew, there there are a couple that are taking their prom pictures. Beck is the overprotective dad. He comes in with a shotgun. Uh, to you know, make that joke about like, hey, you better not touch my daughter. I'm very protective. And then he accidentally shoots his di- dick off. Yes. And they we cut to the hospital, and they can't reattach his dick. Um, and uh, the the kids confirm that they are actually having sex because they've been dating for three years, and you know that's usually a thing that happens when you've been dating for three years. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's very much so. Uh 
this sketch was interesting. I just just because like the turn it takes, mm-hmm. I, I did not see coming because it's like you said, it's um, just Mukes and Heidi as a couple going to prom. Uh, Ad is the mom taking pictures, and then Beck yeah. gets an idea saying, "Oh wait, I got an idea," and then he does that thing that a lot of um, they, people do. I think it's more like maybe more of like a Midwest South thing, but like where the father has a shotgun next to the couple, you know, as yeah. to, as to say, "Hey, you better not have sex with my daughter. Or I'll murder you." Ha ha ha! <laughs> Funny. Uh, I thought it. Would, I thought the whole sketch would be like a commentary on that trope, but then it takes this weird turn. Where, like you said, Beck shoots himself in the junk, and mm-hmm. now he has to go to the hospital. And then it, it kind of derails into that. It was like, wow, I did not see that coming. I mean, you don't usually expect to, to for people's genitalia to get shot off uh, in the middle of a comedy sketch. Uh, you know, maybe that's on us. Maybe you yeah. know, maybe maybe we should expect that more often. I don't know. Yeah, maybe um, I'm not watching the right comedy sketches. I don't. Know. I don't know. I don't. I liked. I liked uh, when Andrew Dismukes and Heidi were just confirming, like, "Oh yeah, we've been we've been having sex all this time." Like, you remember that trip to Jamaica where you barely saw us? We were having sex. Remember all those times you found me shirtless in the kitchen drinking Gatorade? I was having sex with your daughter. I mean, Gatorade is the official after-sex drink. How do you not pick up on that? Pop? I guess so. I guess so. And I liked it. The Beck says, "Like, well, hey, out of respect for my condition, because they can't reattach his penis. Like, they just." Like, oh, no, it's just too hideously mangled. Um, uh, He says, out of respect for my condition, please don't have sex with each other tonight. And they're like, okay, we will, though. Um, I liked how they they just didn't even momentarily consider it. They were just like, no, no, we're having sex. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, I I, I mean, I did like the sketch. It wasn't, I'm not a huge fan of it, but I did like the sketch. I like... I like. Uh, it seems like this one was written by Dismukes, and uh-huh. um, it was interesting. Like it's because, like, I guess Dismukes always kind of plays maybe like the nerdy, nebishy kind of characters, but in this one, he was like a way more like confident type of dude. He's and, he's like, well, yeah, because he's been having sex for three years. Yeah, that'll that'll do it. That'll boost your that'll, confidence. That'll help the confidence. Uh, but yeah, I mean, overall, I thought the sketch was okay. I, I did like the surprise, like towards the end, where it's like, oh yeah, you think it's about this, but no, it's actually about. Yeah, it took a couple turns. Uh, I I thought it was kind of weird at first. It grew on me the second time I watched it. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where at first I thought it kind of, you know, uh, no, no pun intended, petered out, where it just kind of was just kind of you know going just repeating itself. Like, oh, you could you could attach my junk, right? It's like, no, we can't. But you can though, right? No, we can't. But you can though, right? Yeah, it's like it was kind of repeating itself a little bit too much towards the end. But yeah, upon the second review, I, I do like a little bit more than I did the first time. Yeah, I mean, I I liked. I think the thing I I liked the most was was the teenagers just being like, "Oh yeah, we are absolutely having sex," and like eighties, like, "Well, honey, they've been dating for three years. Yeah, they're having sex." Yeah, <laughs> and the the dad is just so in denial or oblivious or both. He's just like, "What? No." Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Beck's good at playing oblivious guys. Yeah, that's Beck's wheelhouse. It's like oblivious, you know, white middle middle aged dad types who's yeah who just doesn't get it. <laughs> like, I mean, if you remember the um, the Lexus commercial from this past Christmas, that that's I mean, he he knocked it out of the park in that one. Yeah, that's, yeah, that, good that was that. a good one. That was a good one. Um, so okay, well, next we had uh, Making Man, which was this was kind of a interesting conceptual sketch. Uh, 
This is up in heaven. We've got God's design team for human man. And so we've got a, a bunch of the male cast members. We've got, uh, let's see, Keenan and Chris. And uh, uh, it was Beck and Mikey. Beck and Mikey. And they, they've, they've all, you know, they're, they're the committee that has designed what <laughs> the human man is going to look like. And then the uh, female cast members come in as the uh, woman design team looking in. And they're like, uh, is this final? Is this, is this, are you married to this? Okay. Now I see you have man with, uh, instead of five toes, it's just one big toe. Is that? Yeah. Is that, is that final? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they of course mentioned like, Hey, it seems like you designed man to have just hair all over his body. Right. Is that cause like women aren't that, you know, we, we, we're not that hairy the way we designed it. And right. then I think Beck says, yeah. And you know, the women's going to be, gonna be cold all the time right and uh we find out that uh, the original name for breasts were squeezies and uh that uh, the original names for male genitalia were the dangler and the wrinkle pouch which it sounds like a like a like a morning zoo uh, duo that you hear it on the radio does, doesn't it hey you're listening to dangler in the wrinkle pouch uh, here straight, on kmfm yeah, straight up and down on the on the on your dial <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh boy oh fun um and, and you know and they go into detail with some of the odd design choices in the male genitalia they were like the dangler uses three different colors of skin and the wrinkle pouch is extremely sensitive that's right. You flick it one time, we we just crumble over. Right. Yeah. And they're like, uh, and what happens when when the man runs? Does it like retract or anything? And they're like, no, it bounces around and smacks into his leg. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, I don't know about this guy. I thought it was okay. Uh, it kind of it feels like like a like a bunch of jokes I may have heard comedians tell in the eighties. I don't know why. Like I feel uh-huh. like that whole trope of you know men are designed crazy, aren't they, guys? Like, I feel like I've heard that idea before. Women are designed like this, but men are designed like this. Yeah, like, I, you know, exactly. Yeah. Like, I feel like I've heard that before in some stand-up comic set from the 80s at some point. So yeah. I, I just feel like they just took that and made a sketch about it. Uh, yeah, I mean, there were there were certain bits I liked. I thought the, the ending was kind of weak. Kyle Mooney just comes in as Jesus, and he's like, hey, guys, and... It, like there's no real reason for him to be there. He's and it's just the people are avoiding him because he's God's son and they feel awkward around him. Yeah, that that was weird. It's like that was uh, just really out of nowhere. I thought because it's like it's the end of the sketch. Why are you introducing a new character with this whole kind of backstory? Like it feels like yeah, it feels like two people had two ideas for sketches and they just kind of you know crammed them into this one sketch. It, I I just really felt like okay, you don't have an ending to this. Yeah, so they're just like, hey, Kyle, just go in there and act like... Kyle's uh, like this week? Okay, yeah. Uh. Yeah, but I was like, why, so why is he here? He's not adding anything to the sketch, really. It just seems like a a weird... Not distraction, but it just seems like a weird thing to put into the sketch if it's, if it's not adding to the sketch at all or it doesn't have anything to do with the sketch. Yeah. It, it really didn't have anything to do with the rest of the sketch up to that point. We also had a thing that they, they've done with Melissa a couple times where she's like... Her character's like all behind the really weird ideas. She's like, hey, this is great. <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that is kind of her go-to. They've yeah. done that numerous times. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, overall, I thought the sketch was okay. I mean, if I look back on it now, it, it might have been the weakest one of the night. 
Uh, I wasn't nuts about it. I mean, I, I, I did enjoy the, the dangler and the wrinkle pouch. <laughs> you um, weren't nuts about it. I see what you did there. And, oh, oh, geez. I didn't even mean to say that. And, you know, I like that the original name of breasts were squeezies. Um, yeah. But, yeah, other than that, I wasn't I wasn't too thrilled with it. But. Yeah. Guys, if there's any uh, strip club owners out there, you should name your club squeezies. That's, I think that's what we're saying. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. You hear me, Tampa? <laughs> 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 uh next we had a pride month song which was uh, uh a bunch of uh the, the lgbt uh cast members singing a song because last year pride didn't happen because the whole no covid at all so they, they sing a song called it's pride again right and, um this has of course the three gay cast members of snl punky bowen and kate and uh our host too uh anya and it's just them singing about uh, Pride Month and all the things that come with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Bowen's character has a mental breakdown because his crush didn't text him back. And he has to be reassured by his friends who tell him he's really funny. And he's like, I don't want to be funny. I want to be hot. Yeah, that's um, I uh, I may have thought that on more than one occasion. when I, I can my, relate to that. Yes. In, in my single days, of course, where yeah. I was just like, yes. wow, that, that, uh, that hit too uh, close to home. <laughs> Anya, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy... Uh, and Kate's characters have moved in together way too fast, and uh, that's awkward. And Punky's character's having uh, trouble because uh, all the women she's interested in are actually straight, because apparently lots of straight women are dressing like lesbians. That I did not know. I I guess that's... that's apparently uh, that's a trend now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. See, this, is, this is what I like is, is, you know, we're learning stuff. They're, they're raising our consciousness. We're, they're educating, and yeah. as well as entertaining. Yeah, uh, they put in like a little thing about how uh, the gay pride has sort of been co-opted by corporations. Like at the end when they're dancing on a float and then they realize, oh, this is a float for Deutsche Bank. Uh-huh. And uh, which, you know, it's something that a lot of people have talked about how it's kind of been co-opted. Um, at one point they talk about how nothing really matters. So let's go eat some Chick-fil-A. And, <laughs> and of course, then they go into, um, I think Kate stops the song and says, okay, we're not eating at Chick-fil-A. They've said horrible you know, anti-queer, gay things. And I think Bowen says something like, that's such a neoliberal notion to equate individual responsibility with collectivist politics. I had to yeah. write that down because like that went way over my head. I was like, <laughs> yes. I was yeah. like, what? Like, well, hey, don't pretend that you read theory. And he's like, I read theory. No, Sis, no, I read theory. Podcast. Sis, I read theory. I read theory. Yeah, I did like his little clap on that. <laughs> I read theory. Sis, I read theory. <laughs> I might start doing that. Uh, uh, and then we also have uh, our musical guest, Little Nas X, in to sing a song about how, you know, this is our St. Patrick's Day, acting sloppy because we're gay. Yep. Uh, yeah. And, you know, talk about how people like Harvey Milk fought for our rights to shake our filth. <laughs> That's a good line. It's a good line. Uh, yeah, this sketch, this sketch I, I dug. I thought it was nice. It was poppy. The song reminded me of... Uh, Holiday by Madonna. I don't know if that was on purpose mm. or whatnot. You know, something like. But it, it I, I heard it in there. But uh, yeah, I, I like the sketch. I dug it. Thumbs up. Yeah, I thought it was all right. Not my favorite, but you know, pass the time agreeably. <laughs> that's that's what women used to say about me back in the day. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> that that's that's what it said on your Tinder profile. Now, yes, exactly. <laughs> Darren Patterson, pass the time agreeably. <laughs> Uh, uh, next, we thought when this started, I thought it was going to be another pre-tape because it started with like some you know outdoor footage. 
but no, it's, it was a live sketch. It was Celtic Woman, uh, the the musical singing group, the the vocal group that uh, you you're probably vaguely aware of. I guess I was vaguely aware. I didn't know it was a real thing, but then I looked it up, and yeah, sure enough, it is. It's uh, I guess it's kind of like the new River Dance a little bit. Where it's, I mean, it's not that new. It goes back a ways. I mean, I used it? to work in the music department of a Barnes & Noble, so I am aware of the Celtic Ooh. woman. Ooh, do tell. They, they've been around for a while, I believe. Oh, um, I, all right. I, I walk it back. I, I yield my, my time to you, sir. Well, I mean, this is the extent of my knowledge about Celtic women. Oh, okay. But no, they've been around for a while, probably since the 90s at some point, I would guess. Really? Well, okay. Well, you're gonna make me Google it now. No, no, you don't have to Google. It. I just this is the first time I've ever heard of it. I guess it's like it's probably one of those things where they have like their following. Like, uh, yeah, it seems like they're big with uh, middle-aged housewives or whatnot. Where years uh, active, 2004 to present. So they've been around for a while. All right, all right. I did not know that. So, you know. Uh, yeah. So basically, it's uh, uh, four uh, Celtic women singing mm-hmm. singing uh, songs of the Emerald Isle, and. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the, the thing is that they're they're sort of overtly sexual, where they look very they're very hot and lovely ladies, and well, yeah, they're they're like all them. very pretty ladies, and it's just um, <laughs> they they sing songs about Ireland, and they sing a few strangely sing a few songs that aren't about Ireland, like Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, that. I liked Chris Red's line where he's like. You know, I thought I had bought tickets to a Boston Celtics game, but <laughs> but, but he's not sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, so the show is basically, as they say, uh, the Lion King for Karens. Yeah, or if you like riffer dance but wish they could move their arms. <laughs> uh, yeah, like uh, I, I again is another sketch I dug. Uh, although there was in the beginning of the sketch when they were about to sing another song, uh, there was one point where uh, uh, Cecily kind of comes in too early. But no, Kate comes in too early and, and oh, okay? breaks it a little bit. Oh, okay. My, my mistake. Yeah. Thank you, sir. All right. But... You, you have to like kind of go back and watch it to realize what happened. Because at first it looked like they, they were starting their queue late. But no, it was Kate comes in a little early and it cracks a couple of them up a little bit. And yeah. And then they just kind of laugh. Like a half beat. Yeah. And then they just kind of laugh through the song. And uh, yeah, yeah uh, it's, I don't know. I Again, another sketch I, I dug. It's, um, I don't know if it was. It's. I mean, it was a you know simple premise, but it has some really good jokes in there, and mm-hmm. I don't. Again, really good energy throughout this sketch and throughout the entire show. Um, yeah, like they were song. obviously having fun with it. I. I mean, the little flub was amusing. They had uh, like very briefly. We had Beck and Kyle in there, and they described them as two horny ponytailed dudes, uh, ponytailed dudes playing drums, and. This I thought was weird. Beck's character has a ponytail, but Kyle's character does not. And he is a guy who has a ponytail in life. Oh, that's it. <laughs> I was like, but but no, Kyle turns his head. He has his character has short hair. I'm like, what what's going on there? It's like you explicitly describe them as two pony hair, uh pony uh tailed dudes. I mean hair <laughs> hair and makeup, just I really hope somebody gets hired for that blender. <laughs> Um, I mean, hair and makeup, that's an easy one. Just give them a scrunchie and put a... I just thought that was so weird. I was like, you had to go to the effort to give him short hair. Yeah. Um, That was, yeah, that's bizarre. (laughs) Yeah, it just amuses me in a bizarre sort of way. And uh, uh, shout out to Chloe Feynman for being the weird violin woman. 
Yes, of course. Uh, but yeah, uh, I dug the sketch. Uh, so far, not too many sketches that I, you know, actively dislike. Uh, this we're we're doing good so far. We're moving mm-hmm. along. All uh, right. So, uh, next, we had our musical guest for the week. We had a little Nas X. Uh, his first number was Montero called me by your name. Uh, this this was a this was a big production number. Woo! This was a this was a racy one. This had this had a lot going on, a lot of lot of moving parts, a lot of like a lot of dudes, shirtless dudes, oiled up for for your for your uh, pleasure, leather pants, just all the live long day. Apparently, his his pants split at some point during this song. Yeah, I all right. So yeah, so at one point he goes up to the there's like a stripper pole in the back, yeah. and he and he kind as of as you pulls, do as yeah. you do you know we, we've all been there, and he twerks on it, and then he like you know he drops it low as the kids say. And then he stands right back up, and you see the surprised look on his face, like "oh," <laughs> and like I thought he had that look on his face because maybe the pole wasn't like uh, bolted down correctly because it looked uh-huh. a lo- looked a little wobbly. But apparently, it's because he ripped his pants. Because you can see throughout the rest of the performance, he kind of stands like in front of the pole with his, uh, you know, to his with his front towards it. He doesn't really move, like he's hiding something oh, okay. behind so him. He's, he's... Okay, so he didn't actually expose himself on TV accidentally, right? I didn't see anything, but okay. uh, like you know, I mean, I guess I could give it a, like a, another look, see, and you know, enhance with video. But, I mean, uh, I had no idea that something had happened until I read it online. Uh, yeah, so I just like I just thought I would note that. I mean, honestly, my my reaction to this was I was just, yeah, this is not my thing. Um, yeah, this was so I kind of punched out early on this. Yeah, this was this was a. Uh, Oh boy, this is there's a lot. Like I'm sure, like the Bible Belt was not loving this performance, it, but it was. I mean, I, I, I mean, I dug it. It was just, but it was just like, wow. It's like dudes just straight up licking his neck and gyrating and thrusting. I mean, people. This this awoken a few things in a lot of people. I feel yeah, this is uh, uh, very in your face, you know. Yeah, it 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 holds nothing nothing back. Except, yeah, except yeah. for you know the crotch. He's putting it all out there. Hey now, oh boy, oh like putting I it all out there. Yeah, oh, I I do declare. Oh my. Uh, his his second number was called "Sun Goes Down." I I like I like this one much more. This was this was okay. This one was much more my speed. Yeah, this one. Uh, everybody was dressed all in white. He was wearing a white jacket that looked like it had some like bullet holes in it with like blood dripping. Oh, I didn't out. notice that. Yeah, yeah. Go back and look. It was like he was all in white, uh, but it had some bullet holes in it, or you know, not. Actual bullet holes, I assume, but uh, and it like had like some blood coming out of it. So uh, this was like a lot more mellower, quieter song. Um, it, it seemed like a song about him and what he was going through growing up as you know a, a gay, uh, dark skinned black man. Like what mm-hmm. you know his uh, his journey was like. So it was a lot more heartfelt and sweet uh, in this performance. So yeah, I, I dug this one too. It was uh, it's right. quite quite good. It just, I mean, it's a, uh, it's a far cry from uh, Old Town Road. Both of these performances, but like I feel <laughs> like you remember that. Like he, everybody was like, oh, this this guy has like a little fun little cowboy song, and now to go from that to just straight up, you know, dude grinding. It's like wow, he's he's it, it, it's a jump, yeah. It's a jump. It's a jump. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm here for it. I I think he's I think he's a uh, he's a okay. This kid is. This kid is aces in my book. Okay. 
so next we had a weekend update with uh, Colin Joost and Michael Che. Michael Che. Hey. Hey. I thought it was very interesting at the beginning. Uh, Colin just says, this is our last weekend update. He didn't say like last weekend update of the season. He says our last weekend update, which, you know, that immediately gets you to thinking. He did? I didn't even notice that. He did. He did. I mean, that, that struck me. Apparently it didn't. Uh, had the same effect on you. Huh. No, no, I I swore, I could have sworn he said last weekend update of the season. Nope. Huh. He said our last weekend update, which... Interesting. Uh, like, oh, is this... Ooh. But uh, apparently, uh, Chase said on The View this week that he was 99.9% sure he was staying. So... Hmm. So is Colin leaving? I don't hmm. know. Conspiracy theories. Call in, guys. I don't know. I mean, it's we're gonna have know, to. G- it's, it's possible, certainly. Mm, just putting it out there. Um, so, I but, mean, as, as Pete Davidson said, uh, you know, Colin Justice's life is perfect. So yeah, oh, we we'll, need this gig anymore. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. So far, uh, you know, Joe and Che had some good jokes here and there. Um, yeah, just no, jokes. Just jokes. <laughs> Uh, a lot of you know jokes about uh, Tinder profiles, Marilyn Manson, um, mm. the Helen Keller Barbie doll. Don't let it drive the Corvette. Yeah, um, yeah, not too bad uh, as far as jokes go. But I mean, I think the segments uh, in the weekend up they were stronger than the jokes they had throughout it, though. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I mean, there there were some decent jokes. There were a couple jokes that just made me like, oh, well, that's kind of obvious, but. Um, you know, so some mixed bag. Um, we had we had Pete Davidson doing a segment on mental health in the time of COVID. Um, this had some good stuff in here. Yeah, I liked. You know, he says to call it at the top. He says like, "You wouldn't know this because your life's perfect, but it's mental health awareness month." <laughs> um, it's always fun when they dunk on call it. And, yeah, and he seems like he's a really good sport about that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean they do have that. I guess that connection that they're both from uh, Staten Island, and right. I mean they both do have connections to uh, 9/11 because I think I believe Joe's mom was like a I believe like a uh, a medical assistant in or uh-huh. that helped out with the 9/11, and of course Pete's dad passed away in 9/11. So they do have that Firefighter, kind of yeah. yeah, they do have that sort of weird connection bond. So it is fun to see Pete kind of dunk on. Joe's where he's like, oh, your your life is great. Everybody loves you. And you're married to yeah. Scarlett Johansson. Everything's perfect for you, isn't and it? And honestly, if, you know, with all that, if if you can't be a good sport on top of that, you would be completely insufferable. Exactly. Know? And like, I'm saying like, Pete, dude, you date like supermodels. What's your, pro- what's your problem? You're fine. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, the other guy in this equation has dated Kate Beckinsale. So yeah, I, they're I, not as different as they pretend to be. I'm not shedding a tear for Pete Davidson anytime soon. That's true. That, that's a good point. Um, he had a great. He did have a great line about how uh, you know people wearing masks and you know through these times. He was actually happy about that. So because he selfishly thought that people wouldn't recognize him, but then mm-hmm. he realized, oh my, people still recognize me from my eyes. Because right. I, I look like I just woke up and haven't slept in days at the same time. Yeah, yeah, that was a good line. Um, I also liked his his line that he said that Lauren Michaels wrote. He said, AIDS is a lot like SNL. It's still here. It's just that no one's gotten excited about it since the 90s. That is a good line. That's a great line. That's a brilliant joke there. Um uh, Yeah, and then he goes on to talk about anti-vaxxers. Uh, of course, they put in a, a Florida joke. About right. how, you know, we get them all down there and 
we uh, airdrop some um, you know oxycotton that's laced with the Pfizer there at a Jimmy Buffett concert. And that'll take care of mm-hmm. that. And of course, yeah. And then, and then Colin's like, "Hey, Pete, not everyone in Florida does opiates." And he says, "Oh no, don't worry. We'll also put it in the math." Yeah. So he has some good lines in it too. And uh, yeah. so at, but at the end of his segment, he said something uh, to the effect of saying how this uh, pandemic has made him realize how how grateful he is for you know where he's at and what he has. And in, you know, he just he says, "I'm you know I'm very grateful to be here, and it's been an honor growing up in front of you guys." And yeah. that's where I was like, "Is Pete leaving?" It sounds kind of like a goodbye speech, doesn't it? Yeah. That really sounds like something you wouldn't say unless you were leaving. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Uh, yeah. So now there's conspiracies about, oh, is Pete leaving? Is he gone? You know, because, I mean, he kind of, I mean, I think it's one of those things where he said he, he was staying there, you know, basically because he likes Lauren so much and Lauren likes him so much. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, at this point, he kind of has his own following. He's, he's doing movies now. He doesn't, yeah. and you know, can always go do stand up. So I don't know how much he needs. SNL I, I mean, he's he's going to be in the Suicide Squad movie that's coming up soon. He was in uh, King of Staten Island, which I feel like maybe it didn't do as well as it would have in a non-pandemic world. Yeah, um, I, I you know, so that. that that stole some of its thunder. Obviously, yeah. Um, he was also. It's also been said that he's going to be playing Joey Ramone. In a, in a biopic? Right. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, um, I mean, looks-wise, he's there. But, uh, we'll, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, so, I mean, he doesn't really... I mean, unless he really wants to stay on SNL, he doesn't really need SNL. So, like, it's one of those yeah. things where it's like, is he staying or going? I could I could see him leaving. I could see him leaving very easily. Right. Like, if this was the last time we see Pete Davidson on SNL, I think, um, I think I'm okay with it. It's a good one to go out on. Yeah, yeah. I'd agree. And he uh, got to do a last Chad thing the other week, so yeah, yeah. If uh, if if this spells the end of Chad, I I welcome it with open arms. I I will not shed any tears for for Chad leaving. Absolutely. Uh, and then next up, we got the, our favorite segment of Weekend Update that happened at the end of every season: joke swap, joke swap, joke swap. Uh, <laughs> where basically, yeah, just <laughs> Colin and. And uh, uh, Che, they, they try to get each other to say heinous things. And and this was a good one, I thought. Yeah, the I mean, the Superman stuff that, that Che wrote for uh, Jost, it's that was some pretty uh, A-plus, A1 material. Yeah, right yeah, because like uh, uh, Warner Brothers is planning a, they're looking for a black filmmaker to make a film about, and they want a black actor to play Superman. Uh, and, well, should I read a couple of these? Yeah, it'd be funny if I read them, right? Oh, it'd be hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and so Joe said, well, you know, a black Superman makes sense when you realize he was abandoned by his parents as a baby. Damn. <laughs> Which, you know, uh, you know a funny joke and also comics accurate. Yeah. Um, I think they said for the black Superman, like his new crap, his new kryptonite would be a honest day's work. Yes. <laughs> And he would be referenced as the Man of Steel, S T E A L. Yes, yes. Slam <laughs> dunks. Yeah, yeah. The uh, good jokes all. And uh, but I thought Jost also had a really good one with, with uh, Michael Che. He, he said um, he had a report on, on a story where like a police shot uh, a homeless man, I believe. And he said, well, hey, anything the police do is all right with old Mikey Che. <laughs> and he says, blue lives matter even more. And 
<laughs> Jay could barely get it out. I mean, you you know that that Joe's landed on that one, right? Yeah, I mean, both of these guys were just like laughing hysterically throughout their yeah, both of them because I mean, they know what they're in for. Yeah, I think at one point, uh, one of Jay's jokes that he got Joe to say was that you know Woody Allen is uh, innocent. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I. On that joke, I really want to know what Scarlett Johansson's reaction to that joke was. Yeah. <laughs> she did, like, a few Woody Allen movies back in the day. She hasn't worked with him in a long, long time. But Yeah, I imagine, you know, I'm sure Colin got home and, like, his his uh, pillow and sheets were all, like, on the couch. And I was like, oh, hey, wait. <laughs> Honey, it was just a joke. It's for the show. <laughs> Michael wrote it. It just... Baby! No. It wasn't even me. <laughs> she she hasn't ever like made a statement about the whole Woody Allen stuff, right? Hmm. I don't think so. I I don't recall her ever saying about it. Like I mean, like there was like Drew Barrymore was in the news this week. She she interviewed Ronan Farrow and she was like, "Yeah, I was kind of gaslit when I did a movie with him." Yeah, um, yeah. Like uh yeah, Drew Barrymore sort of came against him, but I don't think Scarlett has said anything. Yeah. Um all right, I'm, I did a. I mean, like one way or the other. I don't. I don't know if she's if she a statement of support, uh, or if, and I don't think she's ever said like, oh, I will never work with him again, and I regret working with him. So, right, the, so what I'm seeing is, uh, I did a quick search. Uh, September 2019, Scarlett Johansson would work with Woody Allen anytime. Uh, okay. And November of 2019, Scarlett Johansson clarifies her comments defending Woody Allen. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think she'd probably have to uh, after that statement. Just immediately about, about faces, just walks mm-hmm. right on back. Uh, but yeah, a uh, great joke swap segment. I actually thought that they mm-hmm. would end it here, cause and I thought it was a strong ending. How are they going to top this? And no, but no, no. Our our friends at uh, our friend at SNL stats, uh, he he came out with a tip on Twitter. He said, like, hey, Cecily Strong's going to have a segment on Weekend Update tonight. And I was thinking, like, oh, she's it's it's likely her last show. She's going to bring back uh, the girl you wish you hadn't started a conversation with at a party, because that's one of her trademark characters. Oh, yeah. But no. No, we get... We get no. Ju- no, we get Janine Pyro up in this motherfucker. And honestly, I was wrong. I was very happy I was wrong, because this... This character is just mm, chef's kiss. Just, just bonkers right out the gate. Full glass of wine, sloshing it to and fro all over herself, all over Joe's. Yeah. I mean, Colin is just—he's just breaking. He just—he can't—he can't not stop laughing. At I mean, it's, it's hilarious because he's getting soaked. He's no he's getting soaked, and and she is just throwing herself into the performance so much. You can tell she has a ball performing this character. Right, uh, you I know, mean, and it's so good. And she only, she only is like mildly more unhinged than the real thing. Just mildly, <laughs> just mildly. Uh, yeah. So of course she goes on about you know this new presidency. Biden's a disaster, and yeah. just, just just splashing wine everywhere. Yeah, just yeah. just just shammy time. It's it's everywhere. Um, and to the point where all the wine is just out of. She had a half full glass of wine at the start of it. And she slashes and sloshes around so much of it, it's empty. By like, yeah. within she like a em- minute, she empties it like inside of a minute. I think, right? It, uh, <laughs> I mean, it was it was kind of impressive, and you're just like, oh well, she should get a refill, you know, and- so she can continue that. Uh, but no, they 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 wheel out uh, a giant 
tank of a, a box of wine that, uh, according to Brian Tucker on Twitter, was an 800-pound tank of wine. Right. It's uh, <laughs> that she climbed into with while a, singing my way. Right. With a giant straw sticking out of it. Yes. And, uh, yeah, so she climbs over the desk singing, you know, Frank Sinatra's My Way. Because uh, yeah. I guess it's her final thoughts of, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just the final, the final time we're seeing Janine Pyro. Is this the final time we're seeing her this season, or is it the final? I mean, time? I, I saw this. I was just like, it seems like there's no way this isn't Cecily's last show with this. I, know? I would agree. Because this felt like a goodbye. Yeah, speech. like I, I agree. Like this seems like I mean, it's my way. It's that's the song. That's the wrap it up. I'm goodbye. I'm leaving song. Like yeah. if, if you, you don't hear. Someone sing my way without knowing. All right, this is this is the last one. I mean, Sinatra. Sing- You're like, who is dying? Exactly. This is the <laughs> uh, the semisonic closing time of uh, music. Yes. Well, what I is just, closing time then? Uh, it's a uh, it's a damn fine song. I'll say. <laughs> okay. I'll say in case semisonic is listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this this was truly one last call for alcohol. Right. So, exactly. Finish your whiskey or beer. I know who I'm... Okay. Um, but, I mean, two things I was thoroughly impressed by with Cecily Strong, and they're both like just physical comedy things. One, I'm horribly impressed by how gracefully she was able to climb into that that tank of wine while wearing a long dress. That could not have been easy. She was wearing heels too, right? I think so, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and and like at the end of the song, she like goes all she submerges completely and comes up. She's completely in wine or whatever they're using to simulate wine, right? And Maybe she grape, probably grape juice, I would imagine, right? And she takes the empty glass of wine with her, and she like scoops up wine from the tank and just yes. flings it behind her, right, like directly onto uh, Jost. I don't... Nails Jost with an over the shoulder <laughs> of throw, and not even looking. And that's impressive. Yeah, like I mean, she just nailed him. I mean, that could not have gone better. Like Che is right next to him, and he's totally dry. I don't know how she she got such a direct he, hit. I think he got a few stray droplets, but uh, she's obviously aiming for for Jost. And I don't know if she had to practice that or she just got really lucky. But oh my god, that was that was incredible. She's like Hawkeye on the Avengers, like like bullseye. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. That shot where he like takes out the alien ship without even looking. <laughs> I got him. <laughs> that she is the Hawkeye of Saturday Night Live. That's, I've said that time and time again. O- o- only cooler, right? Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, this. I mean, look, I, I, I mean, it'd be hard for me to look at this and not think this is her, you know, her final hurrah because this really seems like. This, yeah, this is her last episode. Like, I mean, she's playing one of her trademark characters. She's singing. She's uh, soaking Colin with wine. I mean, it's we got we're playing all the hits. Yeah, like if she comes back after this, I'd be very surprised. Yeah, yeah, um, and I mean, I'm I'm horribly sad to see her go because it's just like, well, without without Cecily Strong, what what what's even the point? Yeah, not not just of SNL, like of life. Oh Lord, dude! Do I gotta talk you down off the ledge now? Is it... oh. <laughs> well, it's just she she has been one of the strongest strongest cast members of the last decade, and I I'm really gonna miss her if, if this is if this does prove to be her final episode. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. She's been a strong, solid performer. Uh, you know, no pun intended, strong. But like, if 
if this is it, then this is it. I mean, you know, people can't. I mean, unless you're Keenan, you can't stay on SNL forever. You, you gotta. Yeah. There has to be a an endpoint. You know, it's a. We're in the end game now, so it's. Yeah, and and you know she's got a show coming up. Uh, I I look forward to seeing what else she does. I mean, because like especially these days, like a lot of people they go on to really interesting things after they leave SNL. So. Yeah, I, yeah. I think. Uh, I'm pretty sure, like, I mean, I'm, we're probably, I don't know, I'll, I'll just bring it up right now, but we're, there's a good chance we're going to do an episode about uh, the Apple TV Schmigadoon show with her and Keenan, right? You think? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you, you said Keegan, not Keenan, right? Hey, God damn. Yeah, Keegan. I'm sorry. I mean, Keegan. I did what they told me. two about. different people, Darren. I, yeah, I know. They're, they all look alike to me. I apologize. I mean, you said it. I didn't. <laughs> Everybody came here to. Pay good money to see this little dragon and this and his friends who they think. I mean, I, I I love Keegan Michael Key. I love Cecily Strong. Yeah, I will I will one hundred percent watch that show. All right, far out. Uh, but yeah, this this definitely. I mean, Pete. I would say at this point, after what he said, I think it's a good chance this is his last episode. Cecily, oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah, Cecily. This seemed way more final. Like I, I'm, yeah, like this I'm, seemed like it was it. Yeah, and um. I mean, it sucks to see her go. You know, also because we we had a return of, of Gamma last week, right? And, uh, so yeah, it it really felt like she was kind of making the rounds, right? So um, you know, this is it. You know, last victory lap for for Cecily Strong. This is it. Say la vie. We salute you here at SNL Nerd, Cecily. Oh yeah, we love her so much. Uh yeah, and then also at the end of uh, Weekend Update, we got a nice little title card giving a nod to uh, SNL uh, alum or great. Ca- uh, host who passed away this week uh mr charles groden the great charles groden yeah i mean that was that was that was a bum- that was a bummer that that stinks i mean who didn't love charles groden i mean i i saw him as a kid in in the great muppet caper and he's yeah. he's brilliant in that movie yeah yeah he's he's one of those guys who's just like very i mean his his humor is very dry but it's, mm-hmm. it's very sharp like you know every, like when you go back and look at stuff like you know, midnight run or everything else mm-hmm. he's done. You're like, oh, he's like he's doing something so subtle and so slight with his comedy, but it's just like, yeah, like it's one of those things where it's not broad and it doesn't, you know, capture everybody's eyes and attention. But and, and I love people who can do like good deadpan uh, comedy. Is I, I I love it when you can make somebody laugh hysterically by just doing like so little. Yeah. I am so impressed by that, and he he was really he was such a unique voice. No, absolutely. Um, and he he was he was great. I can't think of anything I ever saw him in that I didn't like him in. He's good stuff. R.I.P. Mr. Charles Groden. Yeah, I, I actually yeah. was kind of surprised that that they didn't give a nod to somebody else who passed away this week, uh, Mr. Paul Mooney, who uh, wrote that uh, great uh, what was it the uh, the Richard Pryor Chevy Chase sketch? That's like. Uh, Honky honky. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm surprised they didn't. Um, yeah, the, the job interview sketch, which yeah. is one of the all time classic who, SNL so, sketches. Yeah. Who boy, that is to this to this day by today's standard that that day that is a hot. It's still edgy. You know, forty something years later, it's still edgy. It's so damn edgy. It is insane, and um, it's one of those things where like they could never ever censor it when they rerun it because that would just be basically admitting that. You can't get away with that sort of thing today, but you could, if like you wrote that sketch cold today, it would never get on the air. Lord, no. God, no. Lord, absolutely not. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. 
because uh, you know, uh, N word pops up in it. Yeah, it it sure does. Uh, along with a few other slurs. Oh boy! It oh oh. Yeah. And yeah, but oh, it's great. It's great. You know, Chevy Chase and and Richard Pryor, one of the best things they ever did. Right. So uh, yeah. So uh, R.I.P. Charles Grodin. R.I.P. Uh, Mr. Paul Mooney. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got lingerie store. Lingerie store, because um, I guess I guess they decided to title it that because Brawr Barn was just too tough to spell for SEO yeah. purposes. Yeah, it's it's no murder dirter. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, this was uh, we had uh, Aidy and Anya Taylor Joy as Enid and Astrid who are advertising bras, which are uh, as they explain it, bras are for boobies, but bras are for breasts. Exactly. There's nothing sexual about this at all. Uh, this is all. This is pre- this is pretty much medical. No one's had. A- no one has ever had a sexual thought in this story. Yeah, they, they're 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 like hefty industrial strength undergarments. Right, John. Are your watermelon-sized breasts doing the most? <laughs> Coming. Yeah, I mean, uh, yes. I, <laughs> I I've often felt that I could use a little support there. Exactly. Uh, one of the one of the funniest parts of this sketch, or maybe most shocking, is where uh, Heidi comes in and says, "Hey, I'm looking for a bra. I'm about a 32." And of course, Aidy says, oh, "No, you're not. You're not a." And then she, mm-hmm. Aidy, literally gets behind Heidi, grabs her chest to try mm-hmm. to feel out what her size is, like straight up, you know, straight up grabs the squeezies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she's like massaging the squeezies, and and she's she's not just. Figuring out her bra size, she she knows things about her life. She's like, well, you're estranged from your mother. You're pregnant. Um, yeah, she has quite a lot of insight. Uh, yeah, um, I thought this sketch was pretty interesting. It surprised me that they had Ad and Anya, the host, as the two women, you know, anchoring yeah. the sketch because this seems totally like a Kate and Adie sketch. So I don't know. Uh, it felt like it was written as a Kate and Eighty sketch. I like legitimately started writing. Oh, it's a Kate and Eighty sketch. When I said I saw Eighty and I see her standing next to a, another woman, I was like, Oh, it's a Kate and Eighty sketch. Yeah. <laughs> and then I had to look more closely, and I was like, Oh no, that's the host. I, yeah, exactly. Like actually, somebody also mentioned Kate's not in this episode a lot, which kind of uh-huh. surprised me too. Like she's in uh, the cold open. She's in the Making Man sketch. And yeah. um, you know the pre-tape, the Pride Gay Pride. She's in the Pride song. I, I feel like she was in it a fair amount. Yeah, I guess. All right, I guess now I think about it, she was. But I guess maybe people, we just expect her to be in everything. But yeah, she. Yeah, she was kind yeah. of pulled back a bit, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I guess by Kate standards, that's a light show. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, she she doesn't play. Uh, she didn't play any male politicians in this one. So that seems like she was she was barely there. Exactly. Giuliani didn't make the news this week, so yeah. <laughs> SNL was like, take a break, Katie. <laughs> Um, I, I liked the, the line, like after they, they give Heidi bra, they're like, oh, well, we're all out of bags. So you'll just have to hold it loose. Exactly. Uh, uh and then, uh, we have Beck come out as a eighties husband who makes the bras out of, mm-hmm. and he's comes out having like a welder's mask on and a blowtorch in his hand. And he, yeah, we make right. him from fine, the greatest Pittsburgh steel. <laughs> right. And, uh, yeah, this is, so basically it's just like a, a bra shop for not the sexy, cute Victoria's Secret. Uh, lingerie. It's more for the, you know, big industrial, you know, for the for the bigger gal. 
type of yeah. And and we had we had Chloe Feynman uh, come in towards the end, and she was like, "Hi, I'm looking for a bra," and they're like, "No, you're not. You're not here." <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "Okay, fine. I'll just go to Victoria's Secret." <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I was like, "Wow, that's a Chloe's got to be like, ooh, that's a that's a knock on my breast size." But okay. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> I'm staying diplomatically silent. I'm not nothing. I'm I'm not venturing any opinion there. Um, As well, you shouldn't. I felt like this was like a, a weird kind of companion piece to the leg sketch that they did with uh, with Carrie Mulligan a, a few weeks ago. Yeah, I could see that. Like, uh, AD really likes kind of playing older, like middle aged, maybe like Midwest women. <laughs> I I just feel like there's been a lot of thought about ladies undergarments there somewhere in the SNL writers' room. Yeah, this was a. Th- I mean, well, this sketch was by. Let me see. Uh, Fran Gillespie and uh, Sudi Green. Mm-hmm. So Sudi Green, who uh, we learned on a uh, Instagram post from Bone Yang, uh, she is uh, leaving the show apparently. Yes. after six years. Yeah, this is the. We, I mean, we've ha- have one confirmation of somebody who's definitely leaving, and that's uh, Sudi Green. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a bummer. She's you know she's a great writer. She also wrote a lot of stuff for Kate and Eddie. Right. Yeah, she wrote uh, like I said, lingerie store. Uh, on this episode, I believe she. Also wrote the um, the pre-tape, the Gay Pride pre-tape. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, she's a strong writer. And uh, yeah, shame to see her go, but we wish her well. Yep, she will be missed. Uh, all right, so next we had a college panel. This was an NYU live stream with, once again, uh, Haiti and uh, Anya uh, Taylor-Joy as the hosts. Um Two sketches featuring them back to back. Yeah, um, they are interviewing the stars of the show, roommates in the city, and they are just constantly gushing over Pete Davidson as the show's heartthrob and asking him fluff questions and asking everyone else in the cast very difficult questions. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like this came from maybe a few of the actual cast members and mm-hmm. like the questions they've had to answer on the press junket uh, circuit. Uh, yeah, because like yeah, it's basically is that like basically if you're, you know, a, a person of color or if you're gay or you know a woman, like interviewers will use or you know podcasters whoever they usually will slip in a little bit more difficult questions for you to answer. Whereas if you're like a straight white dude, they'll just give you like, hey, what's your favorite pizza topping or something like that. Right. Like right. uh, like a couple of the questions they ask um, Pete is, oh, what's your favorite, you know, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? And then they ask mm-hmm. um, Ego, who's there. Now, Ego, uh, as a black woman, could you ex- please explain race? Yes. Uh, they ask Bowen's character. They say, how has being gay and Chinese kept you from being happy? <laughs> uh, it's a lot. I feel like maybe Bowen might have had a hand in that because he is, you know, he's like a out- outwardly gay um, mm-hmm. Asian man in, on uh, SNL. So I imagine a lot. He's gotten that a lot from interviewers asking him. As a gay man or as an Asian man, how do you feel about this? Or like he's right. I'm sure he's he's because got- like you, you when when you're a part of a uh, like a marginalized group like that, you you're often somehow expected to be the spokesman for that entire group. Exactly, and uh, yeah, and as the show go- as the, uh, the sketch goes on, they show they just give Pete all these fluff questions like, "Hey, how does it feel to be married to such a?" You know, it's the beautiful wife, and you know, yeah. Pete says, "Oh, she's- dogs are frisbees." <laughs> yeah, dogs are frisbees. <laughs> they ask, and then of course they ask uh, Heidi something like, "So, uh, marital rape is still a thing in numerous <laughs> <laughs> like, what would you as a female comedian do about that?" 
And then she's, it is very, very tough in comedy writing to get a laugh with, you know, the words marital rape, but damned if they did not pull it off. Yeah, I was like, whoa! <laughs> like, you know, I'm, I was, if I had pearls, I would have clutched them as soon as I heard that. I was like, holy moly. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, they ask, you know, Punky Johnson's there, and of course they ask her, uh, you're girl gay, so no wear dress. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're, they're not even forming full sentences at this point. Um, I liked... I, I like that they, they asked uh, both the gay cast members, they're like, what's it like to do comedy in a world that mocks your existence? <laughs> Again, there, there were a lot of good lines in this sketch. Yeah, this I like this sketch quite a bit. Like, uh, yeah. I like, you know, it had a message. I like their, you know, like, uh, you know, like we just said, like they, if you're part of a marginalized group and you have to work the press circuit, uh, you mm-hmm. know, especially maybe a college interviewer or just something like that, you kind of have to answer all these big, serious questions where it's, if you're a straight white dude, you get like the... The fluff stuff. So I like yeah. how they were not overly saying that, but they were kind of, you know, qu- you know, quietly kind of slipping that in. I also liked how, yeah. as they were asking uh, Pete simpler and simpler questions, he was getting more childlike, and he, he's like regressing over the tr- the course of the sketch. He's like, yeah, I like dogs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah like one point they asked him, "What's your, do you like Sony or you like PlayStation or uh, you know or whatever whatever." Uh, or, you know, do you like PlayStation? It's like, oh yeah, I like PlayStation. Yeah, <laughs> he, he was like yeah. regressing. He's like, oh, pizza with cheese is the best. I like pizza with cheese. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, I I felt like you that this rose out of somebody getting kind of snubbed at the SNL cast interview, like they were where the interviewers were showing clear favoritism. Right, exactly. So uh, I don't know I, I dug this sketch quite a bit. Uh, this one was written by Anna Dresden and Celeste Yim, and. Uh, I, yeah, this this is one of my favorites of the night. I'd say. Yeah, this one this one is one that really grew on me on the second viewing. Um, yeah, I, I liked it a lot more the second time around. So yeah, it, it's good. Yeah, yeah. This was. I mean, they also throw in a word that I'm not really comfortable saying right now. Where it's like, oh yeah, um, we, we asked Bowen, you're Bowen, you're a gay homo, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that got a huge laugh. Like even that word, I was like, wow, I haven't heard that word said on SNL since, like, the Sandler years. Holy moly. They, well, I mean, they said, like, gay homo was basically one word. Yeah, exactly. But still, like, that took me yeah. back. I was like, whoa, I haven't heard that since Wayne's World. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a throwback. Uh, and our 10 to 1 sketch, we ended on a AMC Theaters commercial. Um, mm-hmm. It's just one of those commercials that they have where they're trying to get people back into the movie theaters because, right. you know, people are still... Not quite sure since this whole, uh, uh, I don't know if you heard, there's like a whole COVID thing that happened uh, about no, a year ago. That's not ringing a bell. Yeah. Well, um, that did happen. Google it. And uh, okay. people a little. If you say so. I'll take your word for yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. And so people a little at first about going back to the theaters. So they had this commercial with. Um, but Counterpoint, Fast and Furious 9. Ooh, now you're yeah. cooking. And of course, they had Beck Bennett doing, uh, as Vin Diesel, doing this whole. Vin Diesel impression, trying to get people yeah. to come back to the movies. But you know, honestly, he Beck looked more like Mister Clean than Diesel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, he sounded like Vin, like yeah, but not a high degree of physical resemblance between the two. Right, and it's uh, I mean, this basically is like a this whole sketch is just a, a time for Beck to shine and show his uh, Vin Diesel impression. You know, talking about mm-hmm. trying to bring back people into the movie theater saying oh come back for you know sticky floors the the eight dollar bottle of water 
The, then the butter that they put on the popcorn that doesn't look like butter. The second concession stand that's never been open. Yeah. Like after hearing all these things, I was like, oh yeah, I remember all these things so yeah. well. The the garbage can that has a hole in it that's too small to put in garbage. Yeah. Which again, it's a thing. I, I remember going to the movie theaters and just seeing like big buckets of popcorn wedged into those small little garbage can holes that never fit. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it all came back to me. Flo- memories came flooding back. Memories like the corner of my mind. Oh, that sounded good. I like that. That did. Mm-hmm. That did. And uh, sound better if you were in a, like a big tank of wine. But yeah, <laughs> my way. Uh, one of, one of my favorite parts of this sketch was when uh, Beck was in the theater talking to the camera about all the things you know, that people miss about the movie theaters. And then behind them, we see Keenan come in as a person sweeping up. As an usher, yeah. As an usher. And then he just kind of notices that, oh, the Diesel's here. Oh, they're filming something. And he kind of looks into the camera. And then he just mm-hmm. slowly backs out. Never says a word. Yeah. <laughs> like, Beck doesn't acknowledge him. He just comes in and be like, oh, they're doing a thing. Walks right back out. I don't know why I got a kick out of that. <laughs> just, 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 just the silence. Silently coming in and right back out. What was this based on a real ad? Has Vin Diesel done a real ad like promoting movie theaters? Uh, he might have. Because I, I felt like it was based on a real thing. He might have. I know a lot of people have been doing that because you know pe- they've been trying to get people back into the theaters, and so mm-hmm. I do know a lot of people have been you know doing ads for saying, "Hey guys, come back to the theater. Everything's a okay now." So like, it, it it wouldn't surprise me if Vin Diesel won one did one. And they just based the whole sketch based on this, right? Uh, but I don't remember seeing him do one. Okay, okay. I was just a little confused by that point. Uh, but... yeah, that's okay. Uh, but yeah, overall, it matter too much, I suppose. Yeah, not really. Uh, but overall, I, I thought the sketch was all right. Um, it is interesting that I thought this was an interesting ten to one sketch to have because, I mean, again, like people have been, uh, you know, thinking who's going to be leaving, uh, the show this this um this season. And I really mm-hmm. expected for like this ten to one time to have like a big Kate McKinnon sketch, like for her saying her mm-hmm. goodbyes, and yeah. it didn't. It was we got this sort of generic, although good, this sort of generic sketch that they could put on at any time on any other episode. So, I mean, because like at first at the beginning of this episode, I thought, oh, this is this feels like Kate's last episode, but you know, now that they ended the, the show on this. And the, they had no big goodbye for Kate. Now I'm not so sure. And I don't. And I don't. I don't know if she's going to leave or not. I don't know. Yeah, I could see that going either way. Like they might. I mean, I'm sure the show wants to hang on to Kate McKinnon for as long as humanly possible. I mean, because, well, they have common sense, right? <laughs> yeah. No, she's a. I mean, she's a favorite. People love her. People love what she does. But you know, at the same time. I, there is that one that people get, you got to wonder where, how long can you stay until that sort of, I guess that, that, that thing where, where people kind of flip their opinions, where people start saying, Oh my God, Kate's been on forever. Can she leave already? We need new blood. And yeah. Blood. I mean, I'm, I'm honestly, I am not at that point with Kate and I think she's been on the show for uh, like nine or, or 10 seasons at this point. Uh, it's been a while. I, I saw some tweet that, that broke down, uh, how long everybody had been on there and she she was something like that i don't i don't have it handy right now 
but I, I'm honestly not sick of her yet. Uh, like if you know if Keenan leaves, I'm fine with that because he's been on the show like 18 years, so we have plenty of Keenan. Right. Um, I, I I feel like I got my fill of Keenan quite some time ago. Quite right. frankly, not that he's not good, but like I said, I've gotten my fill. Of him. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, but yeah, it's just one of the things where like people have kind of felt like, oh, Kate has one foot out the door. I mean, she does a lot of other stuff now. She does movies and TV shows and other projects. So, like, if she did leave, it would feel about right. But then again, people don't want to let her go. So it's it's one of yeah. the things where I thought this episode would be her last episode, but now because they had this uh, Vin Diesel sketch, now now I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, we get, we got a few comments uh, about that. As long as we're talking about it, we might as well read those now. Okay, well, actually, oh, well, actually, yeah, so, like, that was the last uh, sketch of the night, the Vin Diesel one. I liked it. Yeah, I mean, what did you feel? There, there was a cut for time sketch, but we'll we'll circle back and we'll we'll cover that. Okay. Um, since we're talking about people leaving or staying. Um, right, so, uh, well, friend... so overall, what did you think of the episode? I, uh, I thought this was a pretty strong episode. To be honest, um, I feel like you liked it a little more than me. I felt like the episode. Uh, my first reaction was it was kind of an eh show, uh, except for the cold open uh, joke swap and Cecily as Janine uh, Pirro. Those were the strongest things for me. It it felt a little anticlimactic after the the Keegan Michael Key episode last week, hmm. just because I thought he was such a strong host. Yeah, I, I hear you. I think maybe it might be because like I think the audience. For this show, because they were at capacity, maybe that raised the the energy, or no, definitely raised the energy, and maybe mm-hmm. that, that maybe added to why I, I maybe liked this one a little bit more, just because it was the energy was so high, that. and you could feel like how everybody was really having a good time and enjoying themselves, and like that was that that was maybe a little bit infectious. That maybe see, oh, they're all having a good time, they're riding this wave, and that made me enjoy it a little bit more. And uh, yeah, so the uh, quick note, yeah, McKinnon's been on SNL since 2012. So right. we're, yeah. She started like the tail end of Kristen Wiig's last season, because I remember her being in the little goodbye thing for uh, for Kristen Wiig, where they did uh, She's a Rainbow. Right, right. So we're we're closing in on 10 years. So it's like nine coming to 10 years she's been on the show. I mean, great run. Great. great. I mean, she's, she's synonymous with the show at this point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a fantastic run. Um, all right, so yeah, overall, I enjoyed this uh, episode. I thought it was a, I thought it was a pretty strong closer, but yeah, you were kind of so-so on it. Uh, yeah, so-so, but I feel like there were some strong things in it. I, I just feel like last week's was a little better. Okay, I feel like last week would have been overall made a better season finale. All right, no, fair enough. Uh, so and we also had uh, like you mentioned, a cut for time sketch too. Yeah, yeah, we can we can get into that. We had um. A uh, thing called backstage pitch, which was just basically uh, SNL cast members coming in and pitching various weird-sounding uh, Queen's Gambit sketches to uh, Anya Taylor Joy. Right. So uh, we have Kate come in and pitches the Queen's Gambit, like you know mm-hmm. the borough of my beloved hometown, Queens, New York. And of course, right. it's then they cut to a scene from this uh, this pitch where it's Anya Taylor Joy as her character in the Queen's Gambit and. Uh, Kate McKinnon dressed as uh, Fran Drescher and the nanny giving in a Queen's accent. So, and then of course, yep. then they cut to sort of other uh, people pitching her sketch ideas like Ego and Beck and uh, mm-hmm. 80, but they're all plays 
on the Queen's yeah. Gambit. Like, uh, yeah, they're they're all just you know plays on the title basically. Like eighty pitched free Queenie, which was like a, a free Willy thing. Although there's a giant chess piece like going over her head, like in that famous shot from the end of Free Willy. And she says, "Hey, we already bought a whale for this. Don't worry, we're going to shoot the whale either way." Yeah, and then she said, "Like, wait, are you going to kill it or are you going to film it?" Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I liked uh, towards the end of the sketch. Uh, Kate just like she sort of wakes up uh, startled, and she's like, "Oh, I had a dream that Elon Musk was hosted the show, and that my mother was here for some reason." <laughs> and Anya Taylor Joy has to go. You know that actually happened. Right. And then she asks, hey, uh, can I ask you a question? How am I doing? Because a lot of people are <laughs> asking, which is like a very, I feel like a very meta thing where they're commenting on like how people think this might be her last episode and whatnot. Well, also, it's we've had the subtext and a lot of sketches of, you know, Kate is just kind of barely hanging on by her fingernail. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's in quarantine times. That's true. Um, so I, I felt it was more like, how am I doing mentally? Right. That That's true. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, that was that was how I took it. Yeah, uh, I mean, and, and hey, Kate, we hope you're you're doing beautifully. Yeah, because you're awesome. You are. And uh, we also had. I also liked how eighty at one point says, "Yeah, sorry about all these people pitching you these ideas. It's just this. We do this thing at SNL when a guest host is famous for one thing. We just do sketches based on that one thing, which is something yeah. SNL has done numerous times. So the fact that they're making oh, yeah. a, doing a sketch about it is very meta, which I which I appreciate. Yeah, yeah, I I enjoyed this. I thought that, I thought it was cute. I wouldn't have minded if this was in the show. Yeah, I would have taken out maybe Making Man and put this in. Uh huh. I thought maybe yeah, it, it would have been a lot of film segments. Maybe that's why they mm. uh, they cut it. Yeah, that's true too. But yeah, I I dug this sketch. I thought it was a great uh, you know cut for time. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so that's the episode, guys. Um, overall, yeah. I I enjoyed this episode. I thought it was uh, pretty strong, and. Uh, yeah, like uh, no one. I mean, with the exception of uh, Sudi Green, no, uh, none of the cast members have, you know, fully come out saying that this is their last show. Um, right. Well, that's that's more typical than not. I mean, a lot of people they don't decide until the summer, or they don't find out until the summer, because I mean, in a lot of cases, it's it's Lauren's decision. He could, he he could cut a couple people. He could, uh, yeah. But but some of the longer tenured people they. It's pretty much up to them when they leave. Right. That's very true. Uh, I mean, I like how this episode also had a lot of meta moments, a lot of them commenting on, you know, stuff that people have been saying on online and hell, mm-hmm. hell even on this podcast about how the cast is too big, um, you know, commenting on, yeah. you know, the Morgan Wallen, you know, when they had him on the show. Uh, I mean, I, I liked that only like two weeks out from Elon Musk, they're just, they're already kind of distancing themselves from it and be like, yeah, that was, that was weird. Yeah. I would have liked it if they did it on the show. <laughs> like they had a, yeah, I, I can see why you don't though. Cause yeah. I mean, you want, the, you want the host to do the best job possible. And I mean, nobody, nobody's hoping that a host stinks, but yeah, occasionally it happens. You're, you're doing 20 odd episodes a year. Yeah, not all of them are going to be great. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, the fact that they're kind of distancing themselves already is uh, like uh, that. Uh, I got I got a smile out of that. Yeah. All right. Should we uh, dive into some comments that we got? Let's dive into these comments. Sis okay. RV theory. <laughs> Our friend uh, Manette Moratti, who's at uh, Manette M ninety seven. 
uh, says, the lack of Kate this episode shocked slash puzzled me. She would typically do the bra sketch as the character next to 80, and then they would break and ruin it. Uh, do you think this indicates anything about her tenure on the show, either staying or going? Hmm. Um, so. I don't know. Like, I... It is odd that she wasn't in that sketch with 80, because that just seems that just seems like a layup. That just seems like I feel like that was probably just more about let's give the host something to do yeah. than you know Kate is leaving or staying or whatever. I guess, but then then they would have had her come on as maybe as Chloe's character or even Heidi's character. Uh-huh. Just come in real quick and you know, grab her squeezies, but uh, to, to have like the two of them anchor it and have the two of them again anchor it in that college panel sketch. Yeah. Uh, th- yeah. It, it was weird that Kate wasn't in there. But at the same time, if this was Kate's uh, final episode, I feel like they would have given her like a huge send off. Again, that's why I said yeah. at the end of the sketch, I expected them to do a huge, big send off and, you know, like a, like give her her, a, she's a rainbow moment where Mick Jagger sings to her. But like the fact that yeah, they or, didn't, or even if you don't do that, you want to see you expect her to revisit some of her classic characters, like like Mrs. Rafferty, like the lady who gets abducted by aliens, yeah, and always loses her pants, um, yeah. So like, I mean, I don't know, like, or, or, I mean, you know, she's done Giuliani recently, and and that, uh, but I don't know. Uh, Bill Brasky says you would think if Kate or Keenan were leaving, they would have gotten a bigger send off. I think both will return, especially Keenan. There's no way he'd end his record tenure with such a low-key showing. That I agree with. I don't expect Keenan to leave. Like, I think he's... He, I think he'll be back. Yeah, yeah. But, again, like, Kate... I mean, unless she's going to, like, Irish goodbye it and just leave throughout, over the summer. Well, I mean, you know, and that's that's possible. Because, honestly, like, them getting a, a big goodbye thing, like, this person is leaving, I can only ever really remember them doing that with... Uh, Kristen Wiig and Will Ferrell. Yeah, didn't they kind of do that with the um, with back in the day with uh, Hartman and Farley, too? Yeah, they did. Yeah, you're right. It does. Right. It does happen. It does happen. It does seem like it's more the exception than the rule, though. I, yeah, I'll go, I'll go with that. I'll agree with that. Yeah, like, yeah. like the the more uh, sort of the, the cast members that are sort of more in the spotlight that are kind of you know yeah more high I mean, high profile. Never, we're never going to do that with every single cast member. There is. Definitely like a hierarchy to be cast. Yeah, exactly. I agree with yeah. that. But yeah, but um, I mean, like, if there's a hierarchy, Kate's definitely at the top. So I expect them to do like a big thing for her. So that's that's the only reason I think she's not going to leave because like they Kate's the alpha. Yeah. Oh, indeed. <laughs> uh, let's see. Manette, uh Moretti uh, replying to Bill Brasky says, "Yeah, but if Kate and Cecily are leaving, uh, who she does most of her work with, that puts Kate in a weird spot." Uh, did I say Kate and, a- yeah. uh, Kate and Cecily or 80 and Cecily? You said Kate and Cecily. You meant 80. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. She says, if 80 and Cecily are leaving, uh, who she does most of her work with, that puts Kate in a weird spot. She'll, she'll be like Rachel Dratch in the last seasons of her time on SNL, where it feels like they need an extra body. And Bill Brasky replies to that. He says, yeah, I feel like they are under the mistaken impression that they need Kate there to play male politicians. Um, I could definitely see her leaving mid-season next year, maybe after she passes the torch on to all the other female cast members. Yeah, that was that definitely was a thing that kind of rolled out of control because I think it was a thing where they did it years ago to to cheese off uh, Sean Spicer 
when they had Melissa yeah. McCarthy come on and play. It, it was definitely just uh, trolling the Trump administration yeah. because it bothered them to, that they had women playing the males. Yeah, it's like, I ain't a woman, blah, 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 blah. And then it just became the norm just to yeah. have... Uh, that became the thing we do. And, and Kate McKinnon is so damn versatile. She could play half of them herself. And she has. Yeah. She was like Lindsey Graham. She was uh, Fauci. She was Giuliani. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like there's a bunch of others. Uh, oh, uh, the the small Keebler elf dude, whose name I'm forgetting. Like the racist dude. Uh, I forget his name. Yeah. But yeah, the racist Republican, you know, that guy. Uh, but yeah, he just she just played a bunch of, you know, you know, straight men. And and then eighty hopped in playing Ted Cruz and other dudes, and it just, I love eighty Ted Cruz. Yeah, yeah, it, it was just became yeah. the thing. So, yeah, um, I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah, that that, that was the thing that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Jeff Sessions. That's the guy I was thinking about. Oh yeah, so of course Jeff Sessions. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, as far as uh, goodbyes, I really don't know if. It seems like Cecily's leaving. Kate and Nate... I I, I don't see any way she's not leaving after that that Janine Pirro sketch. Yeah, Kate and Nate, I'm still on defense. I don't know. I I think they're both firmly in the maybe uh, category. Keenan, like, his sitcom was renewed, and Chris Redd is in that as well. And apparently it shoots in Los Angeles. Yeah, but... So... It's possible he could leave, but I don't feel like it's very likely that he he's leaving. Yeah, I'll give you that. And Pete, it's it feels like he's leaving too. From what just I'm just basing that off of what he said on the weekend update. It feels like mm-hmm. you know this is uh, this is the last roundup. And I, I would guess that Che was leaving because you know he's got that new sketch show, and it feels it, it feels like he and Jost would go out together if they were leaving. Yeah, because um, I feel like those those two are really tight in real life, and I feel like they're a double act. And I, at this point, I have trouble seeing either one of them do Weekend Update without the other, either with like a new partner or by themselves. Yeah, I, I would say either both of them keep doing it, or they just get on a new Weekend Update team altogether. Yeah, yeah i I feel like if one was leaving, the other one would be leaving. But but Che said he was ninety nine percent saying so. All right. Uh, yeah. So who knows? Yeah. Maybe they have another year in them. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. This. Wow. This really uh, didn't answer any of our questions. Raise, raise really, we are no further to the truth. I think the only. I think the save money is on Ce- Cecily leaving. Unfortunately. Um, yeah. Hate to see her go. But. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It. It is. It is what it is. We. You know. The part of the journey is the end. Exactly. And and I look forward to seeing what she does next. I mean, I'm sure her new show is with uh, Kiki Michael He is going to be great. I would love to see her, you know, get a nice starring role in a movie. I'm very surprised that hasn't happened for her yet. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, assuming she wants that to happen. I mean, you know, maybe maybe it's up to her or maybe she just hasn't gotten the right opportunity. yet. Who knows? I mean, there's so many variables in this stuff. Yeah, we shall see. We shall see. Um, and also, we got a tweet from Mike. Mike with two yes. E's. Uh, best episode of the last couple of seasons, I think. Solid cold open. Didn't know much about Anya going in, but monologue was fine. Weekend update was great again, and sketches all hit, especially Celebrity Squares. Just a shame that they've really hit their stride right at the end of the season. 
Yeah, which is true. Yeah, it seems like the first, uh, you know, ten or nine, ten or twelve episodes just to, as a, just a warm up <laughs> before they really. Yeah, I, I, I mean, we'll we'll get into this next week. We're gonna do a, a season in review show, and we'll we'll kind of talk about the season overall, and we'll talk about our our favorite sketches and musical guests of the season. And I'm sure we'll have a lot to unpack there. We'll probably have some more speculation about who might or might not be leaving. We're going to have a special guest Ooh. next week. It's, it's, it's going to be a humdinger. Oh my God. It's, it's going to be a hoot and a half. Yep. And uh, yeah, I guess that's the episode guys. Thanks so much for listening as always. So. And uh, yeah. as always, you can follow us on Twitter at SNL nerds show. Uh, you could always... That's right, you can, yes. Yeah, yeah, and then you, as you could always donate to our Patreon if you'd like. Oh, and special shout-out to somebody who donated to our Patreon, uh, Sarah Fish. Yeah, yay, yay. thank you, Sarah. Sarah, we, we, appreciate, we appreciate your donation, we appreciate you, and we, and, we, yeah. and we thank you, and we hold you in our hearts. Yes, yes. And uh, as always, you can follow uh, me on Twitter, at Darren Credible, and Instagram, that's D-A-R-I-N Credible. And you can uh, follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Trumbull Comic. That's T-R-U-M-B-U-L-L and the word comic. Right. And as always, again, if you want to donate to our Patreon, you can find us at uh, non-productive.com. You know, hit us up. Um, give us money, please, because that helps the yeah. podcast and helps us grow. But, you know, we all we know in these crazy times, you know, money might be kind of tight. might be kind of strapped for cash, the moolah, the clams, as it were. It, but if you're able to do it, uh, we we appreciate it, and and yeah, it is it is uh, appreciated. Absolutely. And if you're not, then it's very redundant for me to say. Yeah. But uh, that's how I feel. Aww. I feel redundant. You shared. That's beautiful. Uh, yeah. But if you're not able to do that, then dude, give us rate and review us. Give us the five stars. Tell your friends. Yeah. All those things cost no money, and like literally five minutes out of your day. Yeah, I mean, retweet us when we when we drop the podcast. Uh, retweets the help you know spread the word about the show if you enjoy the show yeah please tell a friend and uh also since we're uh, going into the summer hiatus we would love to hear uh, all your suggestions about what you would like us to do over the summer hiatus if there is a movie starring an snl alum you want us to cover if there's a tv show starring an snl alum that you'd like us to cover if there's someone you want us to try and interview who's associated with the show. Yeah, we'd love to do that. Yeah. We're, uh, you know, any kind of theme show. Yeah, we, we want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, we're definitely looking to uh, open up the the dialogue and just, you know, get some of your ideas. If you have like a theme or a, you mm -hmm. know, some type of topic you want us to talk about, let us know. If you, we definitely want to get more interviews on the podcast. So if you, you know, you know somebody, you got, you got an in somewhere, maybe you know Joey Mohawk. Who knows? I don't know. If you yeah. if you know somebody or you think of somebody, you can think of somebody you want us to talk to an interview. Let us know. We'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll definitely consider it, and uh, you know we'll just put her out there. We'll do our best. Yeah. So uh, I think that's it. Yeah, we we went on a bit, but uh, hopefully it was it was fun content. Oh wow, we did go on a bit. Holy, this is my first. We did go on a bit. This is my first time looking at the time. Holy Toledo, oh, boy. <laughs> Frank is You're looking at the counter and is like, oh my god. <laughs> Oh, Frank is not going to like this. Nah, he doesn't like anything. Since <laughs> <laughs> I read theory! <laughs> anyway, that is it uh, for us this week. We will be back next week with our Season 46 review show. But until then... 
Nerds out! This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.